My name is Tom Lowry, and this is the All Is Well podcast, a podcast that tackles life's seemingly worst-case scenarios. For the very first episode of the All Is Well podcast ever, I will be sharing my own personal story of a time when I overcame one of my worst case scenarios. This particular instance happened to me at the end of my first semester of my first year at university, and was one of the first times I had to face any sort of adversity on my own as a real adult. Enjoy. The year was 2016 a very defining year of my young life. Earlier that spring, I had just graduated high school, then began working through blazing hot summer days at a cemetery job in my hometown. To say I hated working there would be an understatement, but college was right around the corner in a few short months, and I needed the cash. So for five days a week, nine hours a day, I remained at the cemetery forever longing for the day that I would finally move away from my small hometown and move to my new, much larger city, start making new friends on campus, and officially start my college career. The summer eventually passed, and so did my rather mundane job at the cemetery. It was three days before the first day of class, and I had moved into the freshman dorms with my best friend from high school. This was the first time that I had ever moved in my entire life. My parents' house, in my old small town, was the only home I had ever known. With the exception of moving my bedroom from the top floor of the house, then to the basement when I started high school, I had never had to box up my belongings before. But here I was, first day in the dorms, filled with mixed emotions of excitement, nerve, and a touch of nostalgia. As my roommate and I put the finishing touches, setting up our rooms, hanging up posters, setting up the gaming system, and arguing about which way that the toilet paper was supposed to roll, we decided that it was time to satisfy the hunger that we had obtained from a long day of unloading our cars and building our new home. We decided to go to a local pizza place down the road. As we were making our way out of the dorms and to the pizza spot, we were stopped by an RA who held flyers inviting us to a foam bash hosted outside our dorm later that night. We happily accepted the invitation and made it our plan to attend as it would be our very first college party. As the night time came and our bellies still full of pizza, my roommate and I decided to go check out the bash that was being held on the quad just out behind our dorm. We awkwardly wandered around the quad, taking in everything that was going on. The lights, the foam pit, the mediocre DJ, It was somehow both everything and nothing at all what I expected my first college party to be like. The night went on, and my somewhat antisocial roommate decided to head back to the dorm. As for myself, who was eager to stick around in an attempt to maybe make a new friend, decided to stay and see where the night took me. After listening to a couple of subpar DJ sets and watching people fall off a mechanical bowl around the corner, I decided to go to a nearby makeshift snack shack and get a free snow cone. 
While standing in line, I overheard the voice of a girl with an English accent. We'll call her Ashley. Growing up in a small farmer town in the middle of Utah, I was not used to such an exotic sounding voice, as it was very different from the lazy drawl that I had come accustomed to. I asked the girl where she was from, a question I'm certain she had probably gotten a thousand times that day. She told me that she was just from a town south of London, and we hit it off from there. After Ashley and I both had our snow cones, we continued to talk out on the quad all night until the party was over. I found out she lived in the next dorm over as we said our goodbyes, exchanged our numbers, and headed in for the night. Just like that, I had made my very first friend at college. The next day, I woke up and decided that in light of all the new changes that were going on in my life, it was time to trade in my old clunker of a car from high school and get myself something a bit newer. I headed down to a local dealership and began to peruse through their used cars. With tuition already paid for, thanks to a nice scholarship I had received my senior year, and a little extra cash left over from my dreaded cemetery job, I had just enough money to put down a decent down payment on a newer, used car. The car I settled with was a 2015 model with low mileage and a sweet turbo charge that was certain to get me into trouble. Classes finally started, and I had adjusted to the college life just about as well as I could have. All my classes were fun and engaging, I was managing to keep up with all my assignments, and I felt like I was learning more in the first couple weeks of college than I had in my entire time in high school. I worked part-time at a department store nearby, and I was starting to get used to the big city life that I had dreamed about my entire childhood. Despite the fact that I really did not make too many friends that first semester, I had Ashley and my roommate, and that was good enough for me. Life was great. The semester continued on, and before I knew it, my very first final season was upon me. I finally understood why movies and TV shows always portray college students staying up late, chugging coffee, and barely living to tell the tale on the other side. I spent late nights studying and preparing, and with each passing day of finals week, I could almost feel my brain turning into mush. But lo and behold, I woke up on a snowy Thursday morning of finals week with four out of my five tests completed and passed with flying colors. Four down and one to go. The last test that I had to take was by far my hardest. It was from a medical urinalysis class where we spent most of our time examining urine through a microscope and learning about the kidneys and bladder. And though it may not sound like it, honestly, it was a blast. In this course, there were a total of eight exams, including the final. To pass the class, you had to finish with a C or better for the total coursework, as well as pass every exam with a 75% or better. Two retakes total were offered to be used at any time should you fall under the 75% mark on any given exam. But once you used your two extra lives, so to speak, you absolutely had to pass every exam at the 75% threshold, or else you had to retake the course. I did well on the exams in that course, with the exception of the fifth exam that I scored a 70% on and decided to use one of my two retakes on. 
I studied a lot harder for my retake and passed it this time around with a confidence score of 90%. From that point on, I continued to do well on all the exams and coursework in this year analysis class. So there I was, Thursday evening of finals week, the snow continuing to fall as I worked tirelessly at preparing for my last exam of the semester. I had already decided earlier that day that I was going to take that last exam later that night, as I knew that the testing center would be absolutely packed on the last day of finals. In true procrastinator fashion, I waited until the last hour of the testing center would be open that night before I decided to venture out into the blizzard and make my way to the testing center to take my exam. On my way out the door, I decided to call Ashley and see if she wanted to tag along with me for moral support. She promptly agreed and I pulled my car around to the front of her dorm to pick her up. She got in the car and we made our way over to the testing center, about a mile from where the dorms were located. I have to say, I was pretty impressed with the city's snowplowing crew for how they managed the blizzard that day. Even with the constant downfall from since earlier that morning, the roads were still relatively clear of snow. We were about halfway to the testing center, and Ashley was quizzing me from a study guide that I had been working on that entire day. I was a little more than halfway through re-explaining the kidney system to her when we approached a subtle bend to the right in the road. I turned my wheel slightly as we came up to the bend and was alarmed to find that my car was not turning at all. Going about 20, maybe 25 miles per hour, we hit a patch of black ice and slid right through the bend, crashing straight into the barrier on the driver's side of the car. Upon impact, I hit my head rather hard on the driver's side window. Not hard enough to cause any noticeable damage, but still hard enough to rattle me a bit and give me an instant headache. I looked at Ashley and she appeared to be just as rattled as I was, as we both hopped out of the car to assess the damages on my still somewhat new car. A couple of scratches here and there was the only real damage that we could find left. Luckily, there were no large dents and no broken head or tail lights. As far as we could see, the car was mostly fine. That was until we put the car back into gear and resumed our trip to the testing center. That is when I realized that the alignment was severely damaged. Admittedly, I'm not much of a car guy, and at the time I couldn't tell you exactly what the damages were. All I knew was that the wheel had to be turned basically all the way to the left just to drive straight. I was mortified to even think about what the process and the cost of getting this fixed would be, if even possible. Despite the whole black ice fiasco, I still decided to limp Ashley and I in my beat-up car over to the testing center, as the whole ordeal only took about 10 minutes of our time. By the time we found a place to park in the icy parking lot and trekked our way through the snow into the testing center, we arrived about 30 minutes before close. Head and chest still pounding from the crash that had happened not even more than 30 minutes ago, I gave the testing center employee my information as I headed in to take the final. As I sat down in my assigned seat and began to start the 50 question exam, the pounding in my head that had once existed as a moderate headache had now turned itself into a full-blown migraine. The glow of the computer screen on my eyes was excruciating 
as it was hard enough to even keep my eyes open, let alone focus on taking the exam. Twenty minutes had passed and I was only about halfway through, trying my hardest to focus on the questions and all that I had studied that entire day. I could not help but to continuously get distracted by the pounding in my head and thinking about the damage done to my car. To say the least, my mind certainly was not on the exam at all. I finally got to the last question, and without hesitation, just quickly selected C without even reading the question as I hit submit to end my test for grading. To no surprise, but still just as shattering, my result came back exactly as I thought it would, below a 75%. It was the lowest score I had gotten all semester. I stared at the pathetic 58% that appeared on my screen as my new unease shifted from that of my head and my car to now whether or not I was even going to pass the class or not. I was crushed. Fighting back tears, I walked out of the testing center, let Ashley know the dreadful news as we made our way back to the dismantled mess that was my car. In what seemed like the longest car ride of my life, we made our way, much more carefully this time, back to the dorms where I dropped off Ashley and circled around to park in front of my own dorm. As soon as I was alone and put the car in park, I broke down. I cried about as hard as I think I ever may have cried ever, as in just a short hour and a half, I found myself facing unknown head and vehicle damage diagnoses, and my academic success was instantly put into jeopardy. I did only what I could do in a situation like this. I called my mom. I let her know everything that had happened that night, about the crash and how I presumed my car to be basically undrivable at more than maybe 10 miles per hour. I told her about the migraine that had still not gone away as growing concerns of a concussion started to consume me. I told her about the final and how I only had one more shot to pass it with practically no time at all left to prepare for it. She did her best to console me and offered up the best advice that a mom could give. She told me to email my professor informing them of the situation and to ask if there was any possible way for me to get an extension past the last day of finals. As for my car, she told me she would make arrangements to get it towed to my cousin's auto shop and have him assess the damages. Feeling slightly better, but still rather doomed, I said my goodbyes to my mom and headed into the dorm to take several painkillers and start an email to my professor. All through high school, my teachers had always preached about how ruthless college professors were. How you were never really a student, rather just a number. And they really could not care less whether or not you passed their class. There would be no late work accepted, and there would be no extensions on deadlines. I couldn't help but think about these things as I opened my laptop to start my email to my professor, basically begging for her to cut me any slack that she could. I explained in good detail the disaster that had unfolded earlier that night, and how I was worried about not having enough time to restudy and retake the final. With my fingers crossed, I sent the email, and was left to deal with the anxiety of waiting for her to reply. The next morning I woke up, migraine gone by this point, but my head was still just a little bit tender. My eyes had felt heavy from all the crying the night before 
as I looked through my tired, heavy eyes at my student email on my phone. My heart sank as I came to realize that I had still not received an email back from my professor. I decided to skip breakfast that morning and got straight to studying, as I assumed that I would more than likely have to be heading back to the testing center that evening to take my final attempt at passing the course. A couple hours into my study session, I got a call from my mom, who informed me that a tow truck would be coming within the next half hour to take my car and that I needed to be there to give them the keys to take it away. The last thing I wanted to do was to have any distractions take me away from my cram studying session, but I was grateful for my mom's efforts to make sure my car got taken care of right away. I went outside and decided to give my car a bit more of an inspection in the daylight to see if I could find any damages that I had not seen from the night before. To my surprise, there wasn't much I didn't notice from the time Ashley and I were doing our inspections, as the car still appeared mostly undamaged on the exterior. Eventually the tow truck arrived as I handed the man my keys, watched him load up my car, and haul it off to my cousin's auto shop. As the day continued, and time continued to fade away, so did my hopes of hearing back from my professor with any sort of solution she could offer me. My headache began to return, and it began to make studying somewhat unbearable. I decided it was time for a lunch break. As I began prepping my microwave mac and cheese, a staple in my dorm room, I finally received a little bit of light in the midst of all the darkness that was encircling me. My phone vibrated with an email back from my professor. Still unsure of what the email said, I nervously opened my phone and read the email. My professor kindly apologized for all the trouble that I had found myself in, as she continued to inform me that she doesn't usually do this, but would make arrangements and offer me until the following Monday to retake my final exam. I was ecstatic. A huge wave of relief washed over me as I happily ate my mac and cheese and relaxed for the first time in the last 18 hours. Now, without my worry of having to retake my exam by the end of the day, I decided to use the extra time I had to go over to the campus clinic and get checked out, just to make sure that I did not have any sort of major head trauma. My roommate kindly drove me over to campus, and I was able to get into the clinic and sat down with a doctor in no time at all. After examining me for a few minutes, and a couple of standard procedures, the doctor diagnosed me with a mild concussion and prescribed me rest and a couple of painkillers to be taken as needed for the next couple of days. After all was said and done, he sent me on my way, and I found myself back in my dorm room before I knew it. With the comfort of knowing that I had nothing too major affecting my head, and the relief of the painkillers, I was able to manage some fairly decent study sessions throughout the weekend as I prepared to retake my final exam on Monday morning. Still no word had come back on my car at that point, but I was confident in my cousin who was a proven and skilled mechanic. Things were beginning to look up a bit. So there I was, Monday morning already, and I was feeling prepared and confident to take my test. You know, so long as I didn't get into another car crash on my way over there. Out of dramatic superstition, and to up and avoid that highly unlikely possibility entirely, I decided to walk the mile through the frigid Utah morning cold to the testing center and try my luck once more. 
When I arrived, to no surprise at all, there were hardly no students on campus, as I presumed that they had all gone home after finals had officially ended to start their winter break. Without any students in the testing center, and no line to wait in, I quickly gave them my information and found myself in front of a computer yet again. With a fair amount of nerve and a decent bit of confidence, I made fairly quick work out of the exam, having answered all 50 questions in about just 15 minutes. It was at that point that the temptation to go back and review my answers started to kick in. I knew that statistically this was a bad idea, as generally the first answer selected is more often times than not the correct answer. I ignored the urge to review my answers and hit submit to send my test off for grading. I held my breath as I watched the page reload, revealing the score of my retake. I blew out a huge sigh of relief upon seeing what was the best exam score I had yet received in my young college career. 100%. A perfect ace. I could not believe it, and even for a second I sat there and wondered if maybe the doctor had missed a diagnosis on my head, and maybe perhaps that my mind was just playing tricks on me. But no. Even after taking a minute to process the reality of what was happening, the score remained true, and I jumped out of my seat with great triumph. I proudly marched out of the testing center, knowing that I had passed all my classes. Not only did I pass all my classes, but I put up an outstanding GPA of a 3.75 that ended me up on the honors list for that given semester. My phone finally booted up, and before I could call my mom, I was interrupted by a text message that was coming through. Coincidentally enough, it was from my mom, a message updating me on my car. In the text, she informed me that my car had a bent front tie rod, but it could be fixed and that I should have my car back by the end of the week. Luckily for me, and the connection I had through my cousin, he was able to do the work for much cheaper than I could have gotten it done anywhere else, as the repairs ended up not being a financial burden like I originally thought they would have. After reading her text, I called my mom and let her know the news as we shared our excitement for a brief moment. After that moment was over, we made plans for her and my dad to drive up to my dorm and pick me up and bring me back to my old small town for winter break. After the call was over, I hurried back to my dorm just as a light snow began to fall. I didn't mind that I had to walk back through the snow. In fact, I thought that it was beautiful as I couldn't help but take in and rejoice in the serenity and the sense of relief that had washed over me. I got back to my dorm, quickly packed up a couple changes of clothes for the break, and waited for my parents to come pick me up. A few hours later they arrived, and we began our drive back home. A couple days later, I was able to pick up my car, and it seemed to be driving better than it ever had before. My headaches began to quit grieving me, and I was able to slowly stop the regiment of painkillers with my concussion seemingly on its way out. It had never felt better to be back in my old small town than it did that winter. What once felt like the most stressful three to four day stretch I had ever experienced in my life suddenly turned into the most enjoyable winter break I had ever had. In the course of just a week, I had experienced the lowest of lows and the highest of highs, and ultimately, 
To end the whole situation on a high note was something I was so grateful for. I appreciated the lows because I felt like it really taught me how to buckle down when life gets tough and to just handle my business, so to speak. As cliche as it sounds, if I had to do it all over again, I don't know if I would have changed anything. In hindsight, this is something I still look back on, now almost four years later, with great fondness. I truly believe it was one of the first big defining adverse moments in my young adult life that helped shape me into the person I am today. The entire ordeal made me realize that even when bad things go down in life, there will typically be some sort of relief that will bring you right back up. To this day, I stand by that same philosophy and navigate through the highs and lows in my life with that same mindset. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, review, or tell an anxious friend in need about this podcast. You can also follow along on Instagram at AIWpodcast and on Twitter at AIWpodcast underscore. And I will be sure to link those two tags in the description of this episode. And remember, even in life's dreariest moments, oftentimes at the end of the day, all is well. See you next week.